This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan, where we talk NHL and Stars hockey. I'm Gavin Spittle. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Joined, as always, by two-time Stanley Cup champion and one of your favorite all-time Dallas stars, Craig Ludwig, who's currently on the road, so he's driving. And where are we heading to, sir? I am heading north to Wisconsin on Marty Turco Interstate right now. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, 35 North all the way. So is there a Craig Ludwig Street? No. A Craig Ludwig Drive? No, there is no nothing. The pure pure disrespect. No, no. We try to purposely keep our name off of everything up here. Um, It's all about flying under the radar, I think, for for myself and my brother and everybody else. We we don't need (laughs) we don't need any more attention drawn to us than what we already provide. (laughs) What will there be a Joe Pavelski Way or Street in the future in Wisconsin? Well, he Joe is from a a small town south of me. I'll actually be going through it in about two hours from now. Uh, Plover, Wisconsin. I used to play ball there. If there's not, there should be, and there probably is. I mean, he's uh, uh, he he is, and deservedly so, is a legend probably in that town. I can't say for sure. I actually, I thought Joe when they got back from the road about two weeks ago came in for one of our alumni games on a Friday afternoon, and he was already sitting in there eating our food uh, before we went on the ice, him <laughs> and his son. But uh, uh, you know what, I I remember. Uh, when Joe was still with San Jose and I was kind of talking to people back home and saying, man, this is going to be nice. I kind of had a feeling or I felt I had a feeling. Obviously, it wasn't a good one, but that um, they had a good chance of going through and winning a Stanley Cup and it didn't happen. So I, I, I hope that there is a way that Joe at, at some point here, hopefully in three months or two months from now, um, would be nice. But at some point, uh he has an opportunity to bring a, a Stanley Cup and a parade back here to Wisconsin. You know, watching the game last night and the third period, the first two periods, admittedly, um, especially with the late start, I was ready to snooze. Um, and hey, but, but wait now, wait now. Yeah. It was perfect. It was perfect. If you're going to play that team, the opponent that they had, which I, man, there's a lot of talk about. Don't worry about Tampa. They know what they're doing. They've been through this and, and they know when to turn it on. I watched Tampa the last month. I'm, I'm you know, I'm friends with the coach, and um, I don't know. They, I, they, they played a lot of hockey. I mean, they've won two Stanley Cups in one calendar year, so they played a lot of hockey. They lost their third line. 
which I think was the heartbeat. Uh, and I shouldn't say heartbeat, but I think it was a big part of that team uh, having the success that they had. They do. They still do have the best goalie on the planet, more than likely. All some people today may say it's Scott Wedgwood is the best goalie on the planet, but um, that would be nice <laughs> if he was. Um, but I, I'll tell you what. When I I actually got into a habitable hotel finally, and I was I was able to catch majority of the game and I thought that the way that Dallas I know that they would have liked to, to to score a couple goals both teams would have been the first and then the second but I felt that you come out of this game uh, tied or a goal lead in the first period I mean it was a perfect game yeah. I just thought that they played the correct way against that team they didn't give them a lot of space they played with some speed um, which they I don't want to say Tampa looks like they're going through the motions, but but they they don't have the same spark that we've seen in the last couple of years. But again, that that could be a product of who they are, what they do, what they know they have to do, or the amount of hockey that they play. But I thought Dallas played well. Obviously, Westwood made the the saves when he needed to, and then one of the guys from that line scores the winning goal. And you're right, Joe Pavelski, um, poise, patience and just gives enough time for, for Hintz to find a little opening, and he finishes it. So it was a great play by Joe. Yeah, social media was all a buzz about Rope, and as well they should. It's a career year for him, and it was an outstanding one-timer. But when you look at that replay, and you look at the eyes of Joe Pavelski, and to make that pass in the traffic at the side of the net, man. I mean, I mean, listen, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast, Craig. Like, I think Jason Robertson's a really, really good player. I think Rope Hintz is a really, really good player. But I think they are so much better with Joe Pavelski with them. Well, and Jim Neal agrees. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Another year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think we've been talking about the same thing. I, I just think that, uh, and you know, like I, I talked about Robertson, and, you know, I, I feel that he's a really, really good player. He knows what he does or what he's going to do with the puck even before he makes those decisions because he doesn't have it on a stick long regardless of coming through the neutral zone, going across the offensive blue line in front of the net, he's a smart player. Hence uses his speed well. Um, he's dialed in as far as that four by six, and he's finding ways to score goals. But but Joe is the motor on that line, and he, he just has so much, which he should. He's been in the league you know, for a long time, yeah. but he's got so much poise and patience. And um, talk about these kind of guys that, that keep their success moving year after year after year. Um, having the vision and the hockey sense. And he just has that patience. He makes plays. There were, I, It was either last night or the game before. There was one at the offensive blue line that Joe tried to go from. He was coming down the left side, and he was trying to throw it back on his backhand. But I think he was trying to get it to uh, Hintz. It might have been Hintz to Robertson or Robertson to Hintz, whatever it was. But one the other one got in the way. And otherwise, it would have been a, a pass that, you know, the defenseman, I thought, from the opposing team, it would have been a scoring opportunity. And, and so he just finds those themes, and he, he understands the the rate that the two guys that he's playing with, the speed that they're moving at, he puts it into certain areas that, that they can get to the puck, and we know what he does when he's in front of the net. There's, I don't know if there's been anybody in, in years that as good as he is in front of the net as far as tipping puck. So, um, yeah, he, he makes that line go. And, and, you know, he keeps going like this next year, and he may be – he may be signing one of these one-year contracts sure. year for another two, three years, which we, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to do if, he, yeah. you know, if that's the way he wants to go. Yeah, absolutely. Craig, as a former player, 
you know, one of the things that I notice is he doesn't take a beating like some other players. Is that purposeful? Is that respect from other players? Is that him creating his own space, knowing where to be, head up? Is it a combination of all of the above and just that veteran presence? I would say all of the above. But I but I go back to what I just talked about. It's hockey sense. I mean, he knows where he's going to be on the ice. He knows his foot speed. He knows the lack of it in certain areas. He knows how to roll off of people going into corners. And a lot of times you don't see Joe get pinned. He doesn't go into – I mean, if you're if you're a defenseman and you're playing against a guy like that, that you know he's a playmaker, and the one thing that you want to do is you want to stop him. You want to get him and try to get your – stick between his feet or, you know, stick on one side, your body on the other, get him and pin and seal him and take him out of the equation for, you know, a second or two and um, let the other two guys do their thing. Because he's generally, if he's not the primary setup guy, he's the secondary guy. But the secondary pass that he's making, it puts it into an area where whoever he's getting it to, whether it's Hinsa Robertson, they seem to have time to make the next play. He just puts pucks in the right areas of the ice. And that's the way that the game is played now with a lot of the, the real good teams in the league. They, they pressure all over the ice with five guys, but they're putting pucks into areas where they can skate into them and recover them. You don't see a lot of, you know, cross-site passes and then a lot of dump-ins. Good teams play puck control, and when they're playing against even numbers, a two-on-two, three-on-three, especially at the offensive blue line and, and even in the neutral zone, they, they just chip it into a small space, and maybe it's only a two-three foot chip or, you know, an area, but They've already got people coming to the puck. It's the way the game is played now, and it's the way that Pavelski is playing with those other two guys. And, you know, it is something to, for him to understand, you know, the, the, the speed that those guys and the rate that those guys are moving up the ice to be able to put it in that correct area where it's not going to be a 50-50 puck. It's going to be a puck that they have a 60-40 chance of getting it, and generally they do. You know, one of the things that we've kind of talked about all season long is – who is that one person that's going to provide the energy? And if anyone deserved a goal last night, it was Luke Glendening. Um, you know, and the ESPN announcers even said as such um, that, you know, the Stars were better off shorthanded than they were on the power play last night. They got more opportunities than they did, and that was all Luke Glendening, the effort, the work in the corners. I was really, really impressed by him. You know, if I'm Jim Nill and I know we have cap issues as far as we're right up against the cap, I know he's a veteran, but I might look to reach out before the season's over and say, you know, let's do another year. Why not? Before he becomes a free agent, because I'm not saying he's going to get a lot of money, but there probably will be teams that see his work of art through the year and say, you know, that's a guy that we can have on the bottom half of our line. Yeah, and I, and I would think that if there were a couple other teams that were interested in him, that that he would give the first nod to Jim Nell. I mean, that that's uh, that's a product of Jim, you know, knowing that player very well, being with Detroit for such a long time, what he brings, knowing that that it's a player that knows what he does and who he is, and he tries doesn't try to play outside of that. And you know, as many years as he's played in the league, the one thing that hasn't left him is his foot speed, and and that's what's important about what he does is he skates. And when you're trying to kill penalties, and that's what I'm talking about, the speed in this game today, um, he's a great penalty killer. And I think that was an area that, that the Stars wanted to improve on going into the season. And they go ahead and they take a look. Well, here's this guy. I know this guy. We know what we can get him for. He's going to fit into our cap well with what we have. So I agree with you. And I, and I don't think his foot speed is going anywhere. Um, but you know what he is. I mean, 
he's going to continue to get those kind of opportunities. And, and and that's part of the game that's that's changed a bit is because, you know, the game used to be where uh, when you're killing penalties, uh, you'd use your bottom guys all the time. And, and now you can use guys with speed and you create scoring chances. And when you put, especially when you're going four and one on a power play and you put four forwards and one defenseman, you know that there's probably going to be an opportunity yep. for a chance. I mean, haven't Raffle and Glendening hooked up on a couple shorthanded goals together this year? And that's both what they bring to the table as far as this team is. These games now, and especially playoffs, you know, games get to be so tight. It's about what? Special teams and goaltending. Yeah. And, you know, if you can get that side of your special teams, that can be a threat, not only just kill them off and be a threat. It, it, yeah. And I think, you know, the other guy I want to recognize, I mean, I, I thought Jamie Benn played physical and hard last night. Some good chirping out of him. Um I also want to give credit to Tyler Sagan. It's easy to go after Tyler Sagan as far as the point production, where it should be compared to the salary cap slot. However, I mean, he left it all on the ice last night, two critical block shots, especially the one to end the game. I mean, he ends up, he ends the game on his knees, you know, and it was just, you know, we talked about this on the podcast previously. The, while he will not, you know, end up as, one of the great defensive forwards over the years, his defensive play has improved incredibly. And I thought he did a great job for the team last night. And he had some scoring opportunities. just couldn't put it in the net. Yeah. And I'll go back to when he was playing under hitch. And I think Hitchcock really worked with him trying to turn him into a, a better 200 foot player. I mean, I think he came to Dallas and, and being an offensive threat all the time, but he wanted Tyler to be on the ice in all situations, not just when you're down a goal, um, to be able to take faceoffs in his own end, and and to be able to kill penalties and be that threat on the, on that side of the of the special teams, and I, I and I think what you're talking about Jamie and you're talking about Tyler, you're talking about two veterans I believe that understand the changing of the guard, so to speak. Yeah, they're making the money, they deserve the money that they're getting, but they understand that there's two other young guys that are kind of taking taking charge of the offensive side of the thing of, of the team. And they're doing their part and, and being leaders um, on and off the ice to push this team into the playoffs. They understand how important it is. And if they can't score as many goals or put up as many points as they did four or five years ago, and there's, there's a couple other guys that have taken the limelight away from those who, from that standpoint, they're doing other things. So we've seen Jamie be more of a physical force, whether it's you know just the, the finishing of checks and going to the net and, you know, and dropping the gloves when he has to. We've seen more of that probably this year than we have in the last two or three years. And so that's a player right there that understands that maybe I can't do all of this that I used to do five years ago, but I still have this in my toolbox. And then from Tyler Sagan, um, look at where Tyler scores goals from. We talked about this for a while. Like, you know, I think players and Tyler had the ability to score goals, especially when he was younger. And that shot, that one-timer was always working. But how many goals has Tyler scored this year from, you know, getting a little closer yeah. to that? I mean, we've seen a couple goals now that I think it was one a couple games ago that it just, I mean, I think he was trying to actually uh, stick-handle the puck or yeah. something like that. He just tapped it between the legs. So, but, think, but yeah, he has three or four, if, Craig, that's just gone off of him. Yeah, well, that's because he's in that area. I yep. mean, those, those pucks aren't going in if he stays on the perimeter of the ice where he was, you know, a year or two ago. And he wasn't, he was having a hard time struggling and, and those goals weren't going in, and you know he, he made a he made a commitment to himself that he's going to find a way to get a little bit more inside, and he and he's getting rewarded for it. So you know that that's what I mean. I mean those are 
you don't have to be rah-rah guys all the time, but you lead by example. And there's a couple guys, Tyler, you know, what we know what he's gone through as far as surgeries, and maybe he's lost a step here because of those surgeries or whatever. But he can dig in on face-offs. He can still contribute at the front of the net. And when you've got guys like that that, that was, you know, tilted in that offensive side of things with that one-timer that he's got, that wrist shot that he's got, and start doing some more of the dirty things, it carries over to the rest of the group. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I was I was excited to see the physicality go up between the teams in the third period. And you're right. I do want to go back. And I mean, personally, I was a little bit bored, but I thought the Stars did a great job defensively limiting the opportunities of Tampa in the first two periods because you know that that's a high scoring. And I know they've struggled this year, but I mean, points a terrific player, obviously. Stamkos and you know we didn't really hear much from him Hedman was very frustrated at times um you know and I I think the score would have been more if it wasn't for Vasilevsky he came up with some big uh saves in the end I did want to focus on Wedgwood obviously and clearly it's been a terrific pickup for Jim Neal and the stars and that's maybe another guy even though you know he's hot right now that you say like do we look to add him in the future? Because the question is, is can Anton Hudovin come back? But, you know, heading into the wild on Thursday, do you play Wedgwood again? I think that he's going back to Otter. That's what I think. Yep. Uh, do, can you find, would he, would he make a, a wrong decision by playing Wedgwood? Absolutely not. He hasn't lost since he's been here, right? I know, I mean, no. I he, yeah. He's been so, terrific. So he hasn't lost. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, this, this Minnesota team, they're a good team. They're yeah. on a mission. Uh, Billy Guerin, the general manager, has put this team together in the way that he thinks that he has to to get out of the Western Conference or at least get by possibly St. Louis if that's who they're going to play in the first round, which it seems to be uh, leaning that way. Um, it will be a great series to watch if that's what happens. He's got some physical presence on that team. He's got some character guys on that team. Um, and I think what he's got mainly is he's got a team. He's got 20 guys that love playing with each other. So I would expect that they're going to try to come in and play that same kind of a game. I, I don't think they're going to look at Dallas as being a team that has, you know, they they got Delorier, they've got, uh, they got Greenway. They've got the, you know, they had a little fight last night with, with Evander Kane and um, a little flipping of the bird uh, <laughs> that, that came off last night, but, but they've, they've got some bites to their game, and, and I think that they're going to want – that's going to be part of their identity. And they, they are incorporating that into that team to play that way. So, oh, is my is my like GPS going off in your ear there too? No. Um, I think it's – oh, okay. I, I think it said there's a beer store up there on the right. Um, that was I'm supposed to turn. Um, but, but, I w- but I would expect that it, it could be – I mean, it could be a physical game. And so now when we talk about Jamie Benn, there's got to be some more guys that want to join the party if yeah. that's the case. Um, but anyway, I, I, don't, I, don't think, uh, I don't think you can make a wrong decision with your goaltending right now. I mean, it's a good problem to have. And, and again, I've said this before, Jake Ottinger is the future, right? And he's a yep. great goaltender, and yep. he's only going to get better. But I still have seen some goals that I think have been stoppable. It doesn't mean that he didn't find a way to win the hockey game, but um, – can a little bit of rest for Jake because he had a stretch there where he played quite a, quite oh, yeah. a few games in a row, you know. And, and so maybe they're looking at this: Hey, we got a goaltender here now. Jake's going to be our starter in the playoffs. Can we get him in? You know, five, six games going down the stretch. Give him a little rest. Give him two, three games off, and let him be fresh when we hit 
get that that game one of the playoffs. So, um, and I'm expecting them to be in the playoffs. So I'm sure there's some people wondering, you know, they're not in yet. But um, you know, they Vegas took a little stumble last night. Uh, you know, they they had a game and a team that they, they should have beaten. Um, they they did pick up a point, so that that's still in play. The whole LA thing is in play yet. Um, so there's there's three teams fighting for that four spot. I, I know that Dallas has got a game against uh, Vegas left, but um, but they got a couple of tough games too. I, you know, Dallas can't win or they they can't go where they're going to lose two out of three games because yeah. Vegas is going to, you know, they they're getting a couple of their big guys back. They're doing the whole the the, the salary cap yep. gymnastics that's going on, and they're finding a way to get these guys back in the lineup. So it's probably a team that. There's some other teams in the Western Conference would prefer that that Vegas team doesn't get in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking ahead, you look at that Canadian West Coast swing, and that looks like it could be the definer. Yes, we do have a game against Vegas left, but next Monday you take on the Canucks who have been playing better hockey. Then you're at the Oil, followed by you know a back-to-back with the Flames. So that's going to be interesting, and then you come home and you have the Kraken, and then the Knights come in. So, yeah, um, you're you're hoping that Vegas or uh, not Vegas, you're hoping that uh, Vancouver, you know, they're they're you know they're living on a, a prayer right now. They are they're hoping that a couple of points away, and maybe they start they make a couple, you know, get get a couple of young kids in when you got to play Vancouver. Calgary, you know, there's no taking the foot off the gas for Daryl Sutter. So yeah. that, that's going to be a team that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if you're playing summer hockey. You only yeah. knows one how one way to coach. So that team is going to do what they're going to do. Um, and know, Edmonton, so it's it, important. Every game is important for Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they want to try to get into that, uh, get home ice in the first round, and and they've been playing very well of late. So um, they've got some belief behind a, a new head coach there. So things are going the way that Edmonton wants them to go. So I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of easy games here uh, again Seattle even that should be a win for Dallas but you know they didn't have that luck the last time they played and plus they got a couple new kids in the lineup in Seattle that are playing so uh, I don't think anybody's going to do Dallas any favors so they're going to have to just yeah. approach this one game at a time and and again don't look in the rearview mirror look out the front windshield and let's just keep on moving forward and collect a couple extra points and maybe you'll get some help with a couple of these teams that are in that race I don't know how LA is going to hang around. So I, and I think it's going to be tough for Vegas to make it, but um, with the team that they, you know, they've got, and they get some guys in here that haven't played in a long time um, and they hang around, they're going to, they're going to just continue to gain some confidence. So that's the way it should be going down the stretch. So if I was the decision maker, I would play Ottinger tomorrow night against the wild. Then I'd go Wedgwood against the sharks at home on a Saturday night. And then I'd start, Ottinger on the West Coast against the Canucks. And then I would probably, with the back-to-back, play both of them. So that- yeah, I, again, I, I think that I think where you're in the standings may dictate some of that. Because, again, uh, if you've got to ride whoever you feel is your best option, is, let's say it's Ottinger, and if you've got to ride him on a back-to-back because you need to get a couple wins, um, you may have to do that. Because, again, the whole, the whole goal is just get to the dance. I mean, you, you're not, you're not going to finish in the top three teams, right? Well, I guess there 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 is a chance you could, but I I don't see that happening the way that the you know Minnesota and St. Louis are going at it. I got a feeling that they're you know they're a wild card team, and and right now it's almost like do we want to play Colorado or do we want to play Calgary or do yeah. we really care? And I think the situation that they're in right now, they don't care. They just want to be there at the start of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, 
Uh, absolutely. You're listening to Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Craig Ludwig on 105.3 The Fan. Thank you so much for uh, listening. And, you know, I was thinking last night with what Austin Matthews did here in uh, Dallas uh, against the Stars, and I just keep seeing Americans do more and more. In your opinion, do you think this is the greatest time for American hockey as far as at the professional ranks? Uh, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's been coming along. I mean, I think the U.S. programs and all the things that USA Hockey has done in developing of these kids, uh, I, I think it's coming. But I think it's, it, it's so nice to have an American that's sitting there. I, you know, if I had a vote, he would be my heart uh, choice this year. Me too. I, I think that. And again, you could you could look at Roman Yossi, uh, you could look at Johnny Hockey, Goudreau in, in Calgary, you can look at Huberdeau in uh, Florida. Um, so th- there's there's a, the goaltender in, in New York. So there's there's a lot. Of, I think there's more time or more names this year. <laughs> and isn't it funny how we're kind of sidestepping Drysital and that that McDavid guy, and he's only got 100 <laughs> plus points both of them. Yeah. It's, 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 it's strange that that you know though. So, anyways, there's there's five six guys yeah. that could you know be, have that award of best player in the NHL, and um, but I, I love it that it's an American kid. Um, I love that it's an American kid playing in a Canadian market and the mecca of hockey. Um, I hope for I hope for Austin Matthews that they can get past that first round, and yeah. and that's been the thorn in their side, and you know they may have to play Boston. Um, who knows who they're going to play? It's kind of they're jockeying for positions over there in the East, but but I do love it, and there, there's no question that Austin Matthews is shooting for somewhere in the the mid to low 60s if he could to finish the season off. But um, it's great to see it's great to see that that guy up there, and it's it's not a Russian guy up there, it's not a Canadian guy up there. Yeah, um, it's an American kid that's up there, and he's probably going to be there for a long time. He could be the first. You know, I think he's got a couple years, two years left on his deal. He could be the first guy making fourteen, fifteen million. A year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hey, he um, seems to be getting know, better yeah. too. You know, understanding the game, the game's coming to him more. Seems as though you know the pressure. I mean, isn't there as much? You know, he's just playing his game, and I think he loves his teammates right now. I mean, they've built a tremendous squad in Toronto. They, you're right, Craig. They got to get past the first round. He he's welcomed the pressure. I I think he's like. Come on, bring it. Yeah, and I and I, I just watched the way he played. He started last year, maybe even a year before, to where I th- I think he was that kid that you know came from Arizona, number one, and all this other kind of stuff, and he was going to score goals. And I don't I don't think he that he was at the beginning of his career. He wasn't really dialed into the other part of the rink. And you watch him play the game now. He comes back as hard towards his own goaltender as he goes towards the other one. And for a guy that's you know probably going to score 50 goals for the next four or five years or maybe in beyond that he's turning into a complete player. And again, those are the kind of guys you want leading your team. And, you know, if the number one goal scorer in the league can play that way on the Toronto Maple Leafs, well, then the rest of you guys can play the same way. He's trying to keep the puck out of his own net or be part of keeping it out of his own net as much as he's trying to bury it in the other net. So I think he's a, I think he's a good role model off the ice for USA hockey and, and just the NHL in general, but I think I think he's turning into a big leader um, on that team. Uh, the way that that he's starting to play the game, it, it does remind me a lot of Mike Madonna. And, and I think when Mo was playing, he was that one for a long time. He was that one-dimensional guy, and Mo scored goals and he skated. And then all of a sudden, Bob Gainey came into the picture and he said, "Hey, you're not just going to play 
you know, 60 feet of the rink here. And he turned Mo into that two-way centerman. And without trying to take away, and I think Mike did sacrifice uh, some scoring to be a better better player at both ends of the rink. But what it did is it meant that you're going to play in, in every single situation. I want you killing penalties. I want you playing at the end of a game. I want you taking a, a key face-off when we're up at the end of a game. We're up by a goal. I want you on the ice taking the face-off and doing what you do. And what did it do? It, you know, it ended up getting them that, that Stanley Cup ring. So um, I, I think that, you know, I, I would imagine that if you, you talk to Matthews, that might be one of his role models to watch the, the way that Mike Madonna played, that, uh, you know, the last five, six years of his career. So you and I last week had the opportunity. It was part of Sandlot Charity. It was an auction to go out to dinner with Craig Ludwig, and I tagged along. And wanted to get your you were thug. The pinata. You, were, you were my <laughs> dude. Pinata I was day. the pinata. So for those for those listening, this is like you know a vaudeville show or any kind of show you see where like my my job is just to sit and take it from Craig Ludwig for three hours and fifteen minutes to the point where I even got it when I was out at the valet, and I was about to go home exhausted. And there's Craig Ludwig chirping, walking out. Are you paying for my effing valet or what? And you didn't even look at me. You no, didn't I didn't. Acknowledge me. I did you not. Got your cheap ass in the car and took off. <laughs> I did. I sped out of there. Yeah. I had to. Yeah. Well, you're. I, all I can say is you're an easy target. So, I know. You um, know. You know. Yeah. It, I it, do. It's the only part of the night I actually look forward to. Uh, we had a good time. <laughs> You know that the charity, the, the charity is, is it's a great charity. It they is a, a hell of a job raising money, and, and I think uh, Big E's been around a long time and supports that. And yeah. I'm glad because it was a good group of guys. And it was. I, and the, the only mistake, I, the biggest mistake I made was coming late. Well, I didn't come late; I was on time. But there were the other five guys were already in their seat, and unfortunately, there was only one chair left. It's like that. What is that musical chairs? Yep. And I ultimately had to sit next to you because I was thinking the whole way. Yep. I'm going to get there before he does, and I'm going to make sure he's on the other side of the table, <laughs> at the other end of the table. And I had to sit down, and I walked in, and I saw that shit-eating grin, and I, a grin, yep. and I was like, nope. I'm going to start drinking heavy right now so I can put up with this little <laughs> cockroach for the next two hours. I think you so, were shocked that I was there early. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I figured that one of your – dial a date didn't show up or something like that or you didn't pay your bill or yep. whatever the phone calls called yep yep absolutely yeah. yeah there was some serious chirping going on and it all focused on me and i took it like a man and put on a show <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing i can say and i went home and cried you know yeah well i would be the, your choice of words are taking it like a man i don't know if i'd have used those but, <laughs> uh, you got to live with that <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to Big E and all his uh, all his friends. We didn't get any free Oakley sunglasses. We had an Oakley rep at the table, Craig, and we did not did you get. Did you working it? I was working. I heard it, you. I heard you. Yeah, I was working it. It didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm waiting for obviously, my hockey visor in the mail. He was one of the, he was one of those freeloaders that was coming along with Big E. He did, it wasn't his money he was spending. <laughs> And Big E and his friend were talking horse racing and putting together a deal where they were, you know, co-purchasing a horse. And I'm just got my ear and I'm like, yeah. wow, these are conversations that I can't have at my price point. Yeah, well, yeah. we had a lot of good sushi. 
We did. It's amazing. Great sushi restaurant. We, we did. I can't wait to go back there, and uh, you're going to have to get me into that uh, speakeasy. Don't know anything about it. <laughs> I know nothing. Nah, of course. Of course. Uh-huh. Well, have a great trip. When do you come back? Not telling you. Uh, <laughs> it's thir- it, 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 I, I have no shoes on. I'm in my just a pair of shorts and a T-shirt. I nice. had to stop and get gas in Minnesota. It's 34 degrees. Ooh. The temperature in my car is set on 81 right now. Yep. And I'm thinking i got to stop one more time, and I have no idea where I have a jacket or any kind of sweatpants right there. The guys looked at me. Like when I when I got out, I watched one guy walk around the back of my car, and I was like, "What the hell is he doing?" And he looked at my license plate, and then I saw him look to his buddy, and he's probably going, "Look at this dumbass! It's coming from Texas, <laughs> and he's got no shoes on. It's 34 degrees out here." So, uh, <laughs> how yeah, much was I, gas? I to, uh, this last place, uh, well, no, it's been about 355, 356. Not bad. I, I was I was on the phone. And I was talking on the phone before I was talking to you, and I looked down, and I had 12 miles to eat. And so I'm looking for my next gas station on Marty Turco Interstate here, <laughs> and there weren't any. So I, had, I saw a sign that said Senco or something like that, and I got off. Naturally, it wasn't one that's on the side of the highway. So I had to go down uh... four miles down the highway, and I was doing my dad taught me years ago. I get it up to about 70 miles an hour, and I put the car in neutral, and I coast. And then I could then I when I finally saw the stoplight up ahead, and then that gas station though was four seventy nine or three seventy nine, so you're off the beaten path and you're in some little podunk town here in Minnesota. They they get you for gas a little bit more. Well, have a great time with the family and uh, take your time going down Craig Ludwig Road or Craig Ludwig Way. And it's uh, Marty Turco, it's Highway thirty five. It's no, Marty Turco. Marty Turco. Okay. I'm fighting for the signs to get changed here, or Kingsville, or whatever the hell the name of his beer is. Yep. Did you bring your Stanley Cup back to Wisconsin? Uh, I didn't bring it. The you know the well, yeah. in the NHL. Did. But you yeah, used yeah. your day to bring it to your hometown in Wisconsin. I had it for four days here. I took it to the bike. So uh, probably too long of a story, but I had it for here for a couple of days, and I got a call, and Mr. Hicks uh, had a change of schedule. And because he was going to get it to take it somewhere. And they said, hey, if you want to keep it for a couple more days. And I said, well, I said, I could take it to the bar. And the guy looked at me and he goes, not that biker bar yours. And I said, yeah. And it was about 70 miles away. So I was happy to, to finally get it out of my hometown because we had a bunch of youth teams and things that came like from the UP from the Upper Peninsula and around. And, you know, they got to, we got to spend a couple days with it here. I had it for the 4th of July, so there was a parade and all that kind of stuff. I had it up on the floors. And then I then I took it to the uh, a little bit further south, actually down where Joe Pavelski lives, down by Stevens Point, down that area there where our bar was. And um, and it, it, it uh, had a couple uh, <laughs> a couple evenings with with some a different uh, crowd of people, let's just put it that way. Well, so, a couple, couple dents? Uh, there were. Yeah, as a matter of fact, when I got, we got in the car in my truck and we were heading to the airport, uh, the cup guy that I had with me um, and said, hey, can I borrow your phone? I said, sure. And he goes, hey, do you happen to know Smitty's number? And Smitty was our uh, our trainer at the time. And I said, yeah, sure. And so I dialed his number, gave him the phone, and he just said, hey, Smitty, he said, you know, it's well lit. Um, 
hey, you're going to be around. I'm gonna, I land at 4 o'clock. I need to get this cup in and tear it apart and get the, the dents out of it before Mr. Hicks has it. So he apparently took it and took it apart and cleaned it up. I, trust me, that's not the, I'm not the first guy that that's happened to. So he, he took it and <laughs> polished it up and, you know, got some of the uh, – some of the – I mean, there, I think there was a bullet hole in one of them, one of the sides. But um, one of the guys oh, tried geez. to stick his, one of the guys tried to stick his knife through it. But anyway, so he got it, he he got it all fixed up. It looked like new when he took off. Wow. But yeah, those those four guys that got to travel around uh, with the players, I, I honestly have no idea how they do it. But I, I know I think there's like four or five of them now. I'm just so. gonna say, Wisconsin, you got the Stanley Cup for four days because of one guy, and you can't even do a road. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, that let's, that one's gonna we're keeping that whole idea under the radar. No, no <laughs> mind. All right, my friend, we will catch up with you soon. Hopefully, uh, as we remain in that uh, wild card spot, we'll see tomorrow night against Minnesota, and then Saturday, and then it's on to the Canadian West Coast. All right, well, right here, two miles. I see a Miller Light sign. Got to go. <laughs> He's Craig Ludwig, everybody. I'm Gavin Spittle. Thank you so much for listening. You can listen to this. He really did hang up on me. So that's Craig Ludwig. (laughs) Everyone thinks this relationship is fake, and it's really not. This is how I get treated by Craig. I'm Gavin Spittle. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, everybody.